Welcome to Lasting Truth, a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills, in Banning, California, where Pastor Ryan Hussein teaches the entire Word of God, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, giving our listeners the opportunity of receiving the full counsel of God. In today's program, we are studying the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 5. Here's Pastor Ryan. So 1 Corinthians chapter 5, as you know, the Apostle Paul is correcting this church that he had planted, he had established four years prior, and they had all kinds of issues going on. They were rich in the gifts of the Spirit, they were rich in knowledge, but they were puffed up in spiritual pride. They were one-upping each other by the preferences of preachers that they liked. I'm of Paul. I'm of Apollos. I'm of Cephas. I'm of Jesus. It's as if they were saying, I'm of Socrates. I'm of Plato. I'm of Stanford. I'm of Harvard. (laughs) They were prideful. So he was dealing with their pride because God is so good. He teaches us that pride is the very sin that Lucifer fell from heaven. Self-sufficiency, self-seeking, living for self, it'll destroy us. And so God warns them through Paul. And uh, Paul says, if, there, if you want to look at, at me in a certain way, look at me in this way. I'm just a servant of the mysteries of God. Just a servant, just a steward, not impressive, Just a normal man like you, Paul would say. Christianity isn't about all all that puffing up pride, celebrity, pastor stuff. And now he turns a different corner to a church that was prideful. He says to them, It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and such sexual immorality as is not even named among the Gentiles that a man has his father's wife, and you are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present. Him who has done this deed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. And so this is a pretty heavy thing for a church that was so puffed up about being so spiritual. They were actually allowing one of its members to still have fellowship in the church when this member was in an incestual relationship with his stepmother. Paul says it's like so bad that even the unbelievers, the heathens, the Gentiles, it's not even named among them. It's so bad. And it's in the church. And he's calling for them to clean it up. Clean it up because God desires his church to be holy. Sexual immorality, just like pride, is a killer. The Bible says that one cannot inherit the kingdom of God 
if they're in fornication or in adultery or in homosexuality, sodomite, all of that is mentioned as you don't go to heaven if you practice such things. And thus, Paul is saying, it's so serious that you guys need to deal with this. They were, they should have been weeping over this situation. Instead, they were puffed up. They were apathetic and they were, they were indifferent to it. But God desires his church to be holy because we are a representative of God on earth. The church that is filled with filth and fornication and adulteries and all the sexual immoralities, they are, they should be able to look at the church and say, that's the way life should be lived. When people see us, they should see purity and, and, and they should experience the goodness of God in our lives. Not the same perversion that they're into. Paul would say in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We were chosen, cleansed by Jesus Christ, so that we can be holy and blameless before him. That's why we've been saved. It's a good reminder for those of you who have been saved. I have been saved. God reminds us through his word, be holy, be blameless. I love when he speaks to husbands in Ephesians 5 and how they ought to treat their wives. He uses the church as an example. In Ephesians 5, he tells the husbands in verse 25 through 27, husbands, love your wives. How? Just as Christ has also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he, that is Jesus, might sanctify, that means he might set her apart for holy use and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he, Jesus, might present her, that's the church, to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. Amen? God desires his church, who is his bride, to be holy, to be pure, to be spotless. That's the heart of God for his church. Sexual immorality is everywhere today. I mean, I, I shared with first service, it's like, you know, I thought I was like a ex-hardened street guy from South Del Monte. I've seen a few things, but my goodness, I am shocked at the perversity, perversion of the world today. I am absolutely shocked, and I've seen so much. Perversion is everywhere. The left in this country, the Democrat Party, is sexualizing our children in public schools. I'm just telling you what they're doing. Don't think I'm getting political. I'm just telling you what they're doing. They're not hiding it. They're sexualizing our our, our children in the public schools, and they're blocking parents from having any say in what they are being taught. Some public schools are teaching fourth graders various sexual practices and sexual positions through perverse so-called children's books. They are teaching kindergarten children to choose their gender identification, and they are, and some of them are having drag queen shows. Fornication and homosexuality lifestyles are promoted as normal 
but they have for the longest time, haven't they? Especially fornication. Think about it. I don't think the movie Grease would be so popular if fornication wasn't promoted in schools. It is a picture of the American high schools. It's the kids are dating, kids are having sex, and Greece is a, a part of the story is about a se, uh, you know uh, teenage pregnancy. Avoided. She wasn't pregnant at the end of the movie. Hey, but the music was cool. But that's how Satan gets us, doesn't he? That right, the music isn't the music cool. Everyone agrees the music's cool. So if you don't agree that what is being shown is cool, there's something wrong with you. No, there's something right with you. You're a Christian. You're not of this world. You are following a narrow path where that it leads to life. Broad is the path that leads to destruction. All right. Many find the broad path, the narrow path that leads to life. It's narrow. There are few who find it. Why? Because it's difficult. Because Satan knows that everybody cares about what everybody thinks of them. That's high school. We should grow up from that. We should be confident in Jesus Christ so much that we don't care what people think of us. That's a bad movie. I don't care how cool the music. I don't care. John Travolta, I'm sorry, dude. Sorry. Sorry. Sexual immorality is everywhere. And it's crept into the church. As the church, we are commanded to guard against all forms of sexual immorality because it is destructive to the souls of men. And God desires so much better for us. God created sex to be enjoyed between a husband and a wife, between a man and a woman. Jesus spoke on the whole homosexuality thing when he said in the beginning, God created a male and female. End of story. Sex is an amazing thing, and God wants a a loving couple to enjoy that in Christ. The Corinthians were apathetic to uh, the situation at hand. This guy was sleeping with his stepmother. Perverse. Apathetic, indifferent, means, eh, I don't care one way or the other. That's apathy. Indifference is, hmm, so what? I'm busy. I'm not going to deal with it. God is calling the church to deal with it. God is calling parents to deal with it. Because parents don't want to say, don't ask, don't tell. I don't know. What what is your son and daughter? What do they do? Who are they going out with? I don't know. The Bible says to be diligent to know the state of your flocks. We should know who our children are hanging out with who their friends are, how good a Christians they are. If they're even real Christians, you think I would let my kids just hang out with anybody. My kids are not missionaries for Jesus Christ. They're not strong enough to handle the people out there. Not yet. They're not missionaries. All right? If, if, if bad kids are out there, orphans, don't you care about orphans? I love orphans. I love orphans, but I can't sacrifice my kids to reach the orphans. I'll minister to the orphans. When my kids are strong in the Lord, they can do their own ministering too. You know how many people send their kids to college and their kids are not strong Christians, right? They go and in five minutes, they're at the parties. They're hooking up. It's over. 
because they didn't love Christ to begin with. And I mean, you have to seek out a conservative Christian school for your kids to go to. You got to keep them at home and have them do the work online or whatever. You can't just send them out and be apathetic to them and say, yeah, my, my son loves God. How do you know? Do you talk about these things with your kids? My kids are seven and nine, and they're, I mean, six and nine. Man, they ask me all kinds of questions about, like, wicked people. Why do they do that? Because they don't know Jesus, mijo. Everything should be discussed and talked about. I mean, indifferent is not really a word that I grew up, you know, it's a $5 term. For me, it is, anyways. Apathetic. Apathetic. See, the Corinthian church was puffed up in pride. They loved themselves individually. They cared about me, myself, and I. If my brother is sleeping with his stepmother, who cares? I got to preserve me. I don't want to get into this conflict. I don't want to get into their business. You know how many parents live that way? If I tell my son he cannot date because he's in high school and he can't afford an apartment, utility bill, he can't afford uh, uh, to buy food. He's living under my roof, for crying out loud. How is he, you know what I mean? What do you, what, what do you, you know, what's, what's that all about? But parents won't go there because Thanksgiving has to be the way I've always envisioned it. Everyone at the table. Jesus said, I came to bring a sword, not peace, to divide a home between those who would believe and those who would not. Joshua said it best in Joshua 24, 15. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm passionate about this because I grew up in Almani. I grew up in a place where the educational system, the LA school district definitely promoted the hookup culture. I think I was in the third, fourth, fifth grade, whenever, at Monta Vista Elementary School in South Almani. They had a dance for elementary school, playing Beastie Boys on like a, with a tape and a thing and Mike, no sleep till Brooklyn. I mean, Beastie Boys. What were they teaching elementary school kids to do? They're teaching us how to, how to, how to, how to go to the club. In junior high school, that dances at our at Cran's Middle School. This time it was DJs, lights. Now the atmosphere is going to prepare us for the club. 80s disco, because weekends were all of that. You know, it was, you know, family planning centers all over the barrio. Abortion centers. High school dances, high school politics, dances. I mean, what? What do they want us to do? What does Satan want us to do? We're in the world, not of the world. Song of Solomon's. Three times, God says in Song of Solomon, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, by the gazelles or by the does of the field, do not stir up nor awaken love until it pleases. Three times. Don't stir it up. Don't wake it up. If you can't, if you can't commit to engaging with her, engage. Where's the, where's the ring? No ring. Get your hands off her. I'll tell you why. 
Because you're touching somebody's future wife. You're kissing on someone's future wife and you, you haven't committed to marrying her. You're just playing, you're, it's a test drive. And Miha's daughters, I tell you, you're not a test drive. You're God's daughter. And you tell him to take his hands off you. And we need to check our sons to respect women. I know the hormones are going crazy. So what shall I do? Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Out of sight, out of mind. We are to flee youthful lust. 2 Timothy 22 says flee youthful lust. Don't tempt yourself with it. Don't be all dating and oh, you know, playing house. You playing house with what? You're a kid. Yeah, but some parents will say, well, when you were young, when I was young, you did it. Exactly. And you were redeemed from the pit of hell. That lifestyle almost killed you. It, it almost killed you eternally. That's why I'm passionate about it. Because there's fatherlessness, there's abortions, there's pain, there's suffering, and Satan's laughing all the way to the bank. And, and we're like, well, we want to be like the world. We don't want to be awkward and be virgins till we get married. Of course you want to be a virgin till you get married. The word lust in 2 Timothy 2.22 is epithemia in Greek, meaning a longing, especially for what is forbidden, a desire. It's just, don't lust. Take the thoughts captive. Whatever is holy, whatever is clean and good, focus on, it's a mind game. It's an attack on the mind. Jesus says, pray lest you enter into temptation. But this only matters for Christians. Non-Christians can care less what I'm saying. But for Christians, we should say, you know what, amen to that. I have been apathetic. I have been indifferent. I haven't asked questions. I don't. I haven't asked questions because I don't want to know the answer. Well, I'm sorry you had children. It's our responsibility to know who they hang out with and to say absolutely not. The environment that you create and I create for our children needs to be holy. You send soldiers into a bad environment to minister. Our Lord and King Jesus was the soldier of soldiers and he ate and drank with sinners. I don't want my kids eating and drinking with sinners until they are strong soldiers who can stand by themselves and no one can convince them of anything better than Jesus Christ. No one. But if they're just like, whatever, Christians, and they're going to go, you're apathetic, you're being lazy as a parent. They won't like me. Well, you're their parent, not their friend. If you can be their friend, great. But if you can't, oh, well, too bad, too sad. God's calling us to keep our homes clean and the church clean. And that's why Paul is saying, look. And even before this chapter, he said, there are some that are puffed up about my coming. He goes, but I will know them by the power, not by words. Because the kingdom of God is not words, but power. He acknowledge I'm weak I'm nobody special I'm a servant I'm a steward I don't know much it's the Holy Spirit I say that today the same thing and it's the same thing to parents by the power of the Holy Spirit by the power of Jesus Christ you say no more to sin in your house and playing the games like the world you're a Christian come out from among them and be ye separated the Lord says and I will be you will be my sons and daughters and I will be your father that's what God says my, you know, don't let your kids hang out in places where they're going to deceive them. Don't allow it. When they're grown men and women, 
They can do whatever they want when they're out of your house. But do not bring them into environments where, where scammers and gamers are going to come and smooth talk them and tell them those things that, that Satan knows they want to hear. I remember when, uh, I better remember, when <laughs> we, uh, we got married or right before we got married, premarital counseling. My pastor is fantastic. We went through the whole nuts and bolts of husband and wife. Oh, fantastic. Oh, it's great. I'm going to do all of these things. <laughs> She's like, I'm going to do all of those things. And then he said, hey, guys, before you leave, make sure you have a chaperone as much as possible. Don't be alone together. Because I want to get you to the aisle pure. I want you to experience God's best on the aisle that day, have a chaperone. Hey, you might be thinking, is that, that's so old fashioned? No, because he's been around the block. My, my pastor's pretty street too. He was a big cocaine pusher before he got saved. <laughs> so he's a gamer. God saves gamers and then makes them pastors so we can help with all the games. <laughs> so he's just like, yeah. You got plenty of friends. Let them tag along. Because he knows what happens when you get two sinners alone together for too long. So we were able to go, my mother-in-law's here, so we were able to go down the aisle and, and that, it was fun, let me tell you. Uh, honeymoon was fun. I got to experience uh, what God what God intended for marriage. I was a babe. It was amazing. And, uh, and I'm just talking about our union. I'm not talking about sex. Get your <laughs> mind out of the gutter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it was beautiful the way God intended it to be. He's a redeemer. He's a redeemer. He makes the heart new. He makes a life new. Another issue is pornography. I, we have computers on us every day. Pornography is e evil, guys, as you know. But maybe some of you don't know masturbating is evil. It's evil. It's lusting. And the thing about masturbating is like it, the, the liberals have taught us, oh, it's just a kid thing, normal thing. Let them do what they're going to do. And blah, 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 blah. No, it's not biblical. It's not biblical at all. An individual that engages in pornography or masturbation reinforces high levels of dopamine which is a type of neurotransmitter that the nervous system sends messages between the nerve cells. It's a high in dopamine. And like any other drug, there's a crash afterwards. And the crash is lower than the base. So now they have to do crazier to get that same high. Just like if you're addicted to drugs, it's, you can... You want to get the same high, but it's not. It's You have to take more 
drugs to experience the same. So it's a never-ending, disturbing, distorted cycle of people, you know, viewing pornography, masturbation. It's it's about teaching your brain to rely on watching two other people engage in sex for a high. It's not, it's obviously not the one-on-one as sex was meant to be between a husband and a wife. It's now one trains himself to get off on two other people engaging in that, which distorts the person, the community. Thank you for joining us today at Lasting Truth Radio. If you're in the area, come out and join us for Sunday services at 8.30 a.m. and at 10.30 a.m. or Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. We are located at 3035 West Nicollet Street in Banning, California. You can also find us on YouTube or Instagram. If you would like to donate to our program, please do so on our website at ccsweethills.org and hit the online giving tab. We hope you will continue to tune in as we journey through the entire Word of God with the teaching of Pastor Ryan Hussein at Calvary Chapel, Sweet Hills. We don't.